Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode 24. That's a good number. Um, man, I was just looking at the mystery downloads because that's my favorite. It's And let's be honest, it's one of the only recurring segments we have here. But <laughs> it's one of my favorite segments that we have each week. Each week when I look at my analytics, which I try not to do because it's toxic. Um, when I look at the map that shows where these downloads happen, right? When I check that out, right, it is probably the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. And if the, if what I read on there about their algorithm is correct, that it, it, it doesn't include bots or, you know, any weird shit, right? These have to be legitimate downloads, right? When I hear that, when I read that, when I process it in my brain, it makes me so happy when I see shit like this. So, shout out to our uh, brothers from the Great White North. Uh, Canada, a eh? um, somewhere out of Toronto, I think it was Markham, Markham. I don't know, I don't know where that's at, but somewhere outside of Toronto, outside the six, 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 six. Shout out to Drake, you know, Toy Lanes, I think. Any other Canadians? I don't know a lot of Canadians. I'm trying to think of famous Canadians now. It's not going very well. Michael J. Fox, he's Canadian. There you go. Boom. Already, if you don't if you don't like the pod this week, you can say you learned something if you didn't know that. So we're starting off hot. And now this one, uh, I'm going to butcher this, by the way, because I'm a fucking ignorant American. Kenas? Kenaus? K-A-U-N-A-S. Kenas. Uh, Lithuania. Lithuania, man. We are international. Not only are we in Moscow and Dublin and uh, Brussels, we're in fucking Lithuania, baby. Somebody in Lithuania is listening to this podcast. Or maybe not. Maybe they clicked on it by accident, right? Maybe they looked for something and they were like, man, I heard it just last week. And they fucking found the pod and they were like, what the fuck is this? And they turned it off, right? But once again, to you uh, lovely listeners in Toronto slash Markham outside of Toronto and Kenis, Kenaus, Count, Kaunas, Lithuania... Hit us up. We got a Gmail. It's just last week podcast at gmail.com. Uh, sometimes I get a notification on that email, but it's just from Apple because, you know, we had to sign up for, you know, distribution on Apple Podcasts. It makes me real sad. But one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to open that Gmail and I'm going to get an email from one of you lovely listeners. And it's going to make my fucking, probably my month, probably the year, to be honest. It would make the entire year of 2022. And we're only a few months in. So that's saying something. So yeah, shout out to you lovely listeners. Now I know uh, most of the weeks on here, I start off the pod after we get through uh, the mystery downloads, if there are any. Uh, I usually either, you know, have some fucking beef with Duncan because they fuck up my order. That didn't happen this week. Duncan was amazing. They got me in and out. Super fast, efficient. Sandwich is delicious. The breakfast sandwich I normally get has two eggs two egg patties on it and this isn't relevant to anything and I usually throw one away because I'm like that's too much egg per sausage and this week I left it on and I had two eggs per one sausage patty and I was correct it's too much egg they need to either put another sausage patty or maybe like just a bigger egg patty that's like one and a half egg you know 
Duncan, hit me up. Not only if you want to sponsor this pod, but if you want some, you know, some uh, customer feedback on this breakfast sandwich. Because the sourdough bread is delicious. The white cheddar cheese on there, delicious. You know your boy gets turkey sausage. Fucking delicious. Um, and the egg patties are alright. I'm just not a... It's too much egg to egg patty to sausage patty ratio is off. That's all I'm saying. It should be one and a half to one. Either way. Uh, I'm just saying. Then, you know, if I'm not bitching about Duncan fucking up my order or a wild Karen out there in the parking lot, um, I'm bitching about like customers and like weirdos that come into my job in the middle of the night and they hassle me. They give me a hard time. Now, I'm not going to say that didn't happen at all this week, but if I were to have to like rank them, they were all like kind of, you know, GTA five NPCs, like none of them really, uh, none of them were like worthy of being on the pod, you know, let me adjust this mic. Hopefully that's not oh, sweet. It didn't even make a sound. Maybe. But anyways, none of them were really like, uh, they weren't pod worthy. You know, they were just run of the mill NPCs. Uh, one guy had a Bluetooth speaker, uh, playing Mockingbird by Eminem. And I was like, damn, bro, you just riding around in the middle of the night getting sad, thinking about your fucking kids or some shit. Like, it's a sad ass song. And that's not a song you like ride a bike to. You know, you ride a bike to like, uh, still Dre, you know, dun, 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 dun. Snoop D-O-double-G motherfucker. You know, that's what you ride a bike to. You ride a bike to some shit like that. Or, you know, like fuck the police or like rough riders by DMX. Like there's so many 90 songs you ride a bike to. Not the Mockingbird. This is like 2000s, but even then, bruh, many men in the club. So many good 50 cent songs from the 2000s hell bro i probably even might even ride a bike to the thong song you know riding dirty you know bunch of 2000 songs um but that guy was not happy that i told him to turn his speaker down um but yeah not a whole lot happened this week and um not a whole lot happened like on the internet this week uh it's been a slow week in the in the content business if this is even content but um yeah, man, when that happens, you know, I scratch my brain a little bit because, you know, most of the time I'm going off the cuff. Uh, most of the time, you know, we're semi-pro. We're still figuring this shit out. We're double we're A right now. We're working our way up. You know, we get we get we get a, a few at bats, but, you know, we're not a we're not an everyday player yet. You know, we're somewhere in the rotation. They're figuring out where they want to put us. You know, is he center field? Is he a pitcher? You know, he can do it all. But, you know, is he the next Shohei Otani? That's basically what this pod is, is like, if Shohei Otani went through the fucking, <laughs> the minor leagues, if you don't watch baseball, nobody's going to get this reference. Great, great job, Dave. Way to kick it off. But anyways, on top of that, I got this Coke. Now, not everybody knows I start off the, the pod with gasoline, uh, Coke and coffee. That's the gasoline that we normally uh, use to fuel the brain for the podcast, right? A little bit of caffeine, a little bit of sugar, you know, get that shit going, right? Not today. Today, we got Coke uh, Starlight. Now, I saw this shit on, like, uh, I don't know if it was my phone, like, a, you know, like a mobile ad, or if I saw it on a, a commercial on the television, um, but I saw this shit. And then the company I work for has an app. I would go on the app. There's a coupon for this. It was free, right? It's weird. I just took another drink. Live review here. 
stomach did not agree with that. But um, it's weird. It's, it feels like if you just took a bunch of syrup from the Coca-Cola factory and you threw that shit in a bottle and you went, eh, see if they buy it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's somewhere in the middle. It's like a forgettable, it's a forgettable flavor for sure. Um, and the worst part about it, it just says space flavored. Bitch, what the fuck does that even mean? Space flavored? Fucking nothingness? Like, just vast emptiness? Fucking, you know, drifting along aimlessly forever and ever and ever. The more I talk about the flavor, the more depressed I get. I get a little existential thinking about space flavored shit, man. So, Coke. This will not come close to the Coke and coffee. And that shit is like, bro, that shit is like good weed when I was in high school. It's hard to find. It doesn't come around often, but when it does, I stock up, you know what I'm saying? You know, I remember, I remember like, I remember being in high school, bro, and trying to find like good weed. And I haven't had that feeling in a while because I don't smoke no more. And this is irrelevant. And, uh. Doesn't matter. I'm not judging nobody. Do what you want. It should be fucking legal. Blah, 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 blah. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is I have a favorite drink now. And that drink is Coca-Cola and coffee dark blend. And it's fucking gone. You can't get it at the supermarkets down here. Can't find it. It was on sale. Buy one, get one at a certain supermarket. You bet your ass I fucking drove up to that supermarket. Boom. Nothing on the shelf. Boom. Fucking vanilla and caramel. Also, another beef with Coke. If you fucking drink that Coke with coffee vanilla flavor, excuse me, you're just getting a skinny can of vanilla Coke. It's the biggest ripoff I've ever seen. They are putting the wool over people's eyes. They're like, no, it's got coffee with it. And you're like, mm, this just tastes like vanilla Coke, man. They're like, no, 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 it's, there's coffee in there. It doesn't. I tried the mocha one. Man, that shit, I would say that's worse than this Starlight because the more I drank it, the more it just tasted like chocolate coke and that wasn't very good that's too rich of a flavor with another rich flavor this starlight shit is like semi-sweet semi-berry you know cherry-ish and then like a little bit of diet it almost tastes like when you were a fucking kid and you got a soda from somewhere and fucking you saw this shit on like jimmy neutron or whatever show you watch and they fucking take the soda cup and they and they hit every fucking soda and they put it all in one cup. That's kind of what this shit tastes like. It tasted like Coke was just like, hey man, run all the syrups into one bottle. Carbonate it. Throw it out there. So like, what do we call it? Starlight. What flavor is it? Space. Space for what? Improvement. That's what there's space for, Coca-Cola. Improvement. You know what else there's space for? Dark blend Coca-Cola and coffee on every fucking shelf in the state of Florida. Get fucking to it. Now we got beef with Coke, baby. What's good? Fucking it was Dunkin' before. Now it's Coke. You know? To the two people that listen to this and they fucking know their Coke representative. <laughs> Coke representative. Like they're in local government. Yeah, that took up 10 minutes. That intro wasn't long enough. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like I said, not a whole lot of things going on this week. So I had to get creative. Which, normally not a problem. This week, somewhat of a problem. Just... Man, I spent too much money at the comic book store last week. I was running on like 
60 or $70 all week. Not that like I didn't have more money. It was just like a personal thing. I was like, no, I'm not going under a certain amount in my checking. So that's what we have all week. And all week, that's what I had. And I made it until yesterday. And then I went to the comic book store again. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I get paid tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that budget, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so I did a few things. I wrote down some things. And some of them looking back, a lot of people are not going to get these. Um, that I'm about to say, but if you do, you're, you're already a huge fan, so shout out to you, you just boom, 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 boomed your way up to a fucking different tier on the tier list that hasn't been invented for this podcast yet, but I was thinking, I was thinking all week, I was like, man, you know, the pod, we just really talk to a microphone, you know, we sit at our little desk, it's a card table, it's not even a desk, I got this shit for free from a pawn shop I used to work at, they're gonna throw it away, I was like, no, 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 I'll take that, and I'll use it. It sat behind my bed for three years, and then I moved uh, the bed out of here, and I set up this shit, and I was like, damn, I'm glad I kept that card table. I don't know if you ever had a moment like that, but I was like, yeah, everyone talked shit, said I was never going to use it. Even my mom was like, why do you have this? Just throw it away. I was like, no, I might I might need it, and fucking lo and behold, here we are, and that's what we're doing the pot off of. But, you know, I sit here, and I'm by myself, and I'm trying to learn, you know, OBS and trying to make a Discord server so I can get some people on the call and, you know, trying to figure out times and spots where I could maybe get a guest or two on here, you know? And that got me thinking, if this was a hypothetical, like if I if I had like unlimited make-a-wish for an adult, right? Let's say I fucking get some terminal illness and for the rest of my days, they're like, all right, you can have whoever you want on the podcast. Just let us know. We'll book it until you die. And then once you're dead, you're fucking out of here. But until then, we'll get you all the guests you want. I was thinking like, man, you know, who would I really want on the pod? And now this list, I kind of was like a self-imposed rule. If you ever watched fucking Naruto, I'm Mike guy. All right. This is a self-imposed rule. I put on myself. Uh, I wasn't going to do like anybody too famous because not only is that like kind of a cop out when you're like a, a small podcast, like of course you want somebody fucking famous. Like if you say you want Joe Rogan on your podcast, I'll slap the shit out of you. You're a moron. Everybody wants Joe Rogan on their podcast. Everybody wants to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. That's a stupid answer. That's like asking who's your favorite, like who's in your top 10 of, of best rappers of all time. If you say Tupac or Biggie, I think you're an idiot. Everybody knows Tupac and Biggie are like immortal. They're on everybody's list, all right? It's almost like saying Eminem. I'll slap the shit out of you. Stop it. Stop it. You're not creative. No one gives a fuck how many, like, stop it, okay? So no Joe Rogan's. No super famous people. There's a few famous people on here, but they're not at like a level of famous. And most of them are like YouTubers, honestly. <laughs> but there's a, there's a few cool ones on here, right? So this is like a semi, this isn't even in a rank or an order. This was just like me brain brainstorming of who I would want on the podcast, right? I'll tell you the first guy who came to mind. And in all honesty, this is the first person that came to mind where I was like, if I had to make a wish as an adult with a terminal illness... Who's the first person I'd want on the podcast? And this is an honest answer. The first person I'd want on the podcast is Chael Sonnen. Now, if you don't know who Chael Sonnen is, he is the American gangster. <laughs> I can't even say most of these shits without laughing because there's such memes and like deep fucking like, man, like such long running jokes, bro. He's the American gangster. Um, Chael Sonnen was a UFC fighter. He's never lost a round, at, ever, 
ever in his life. He's never lost a round, ever. Um, he's the greatest uh, middleweight of all time. Um, he beat Anderson Silva fair and square. Everybody saw the fight. Um, yeah, great guy. But Chael Sonnen is... Chael Sonnen is like the closest thing to like the next version of Andy Kaufman that I think we got for a while. When Chael Sonnen was in his prime, there wasn't a single... There wasn't a person on this earth that could catch him in a gotcha. Like, smooth as shit, had Muhammad Ali type, um, like, pregame fight speeches. He had rhymes. He had, like, fucking jokes. He could sell a fight. Like, uh, if you ever seen Conor McGregor talk, all that kind of shit Conor did, Chael Sonnen is the handbook. He is the textbook. He's the owner's manual for how to sell a fight if you're a fighter. Anyone who did anything like that after Chael Sonnen is 100% influenced by Chael. And if they don't say they're influenced by Chael, that proves even more that they're influenced by Chael. This dude, and like when I was in high school, right, I hated Chael Sonnen. I was like, this dude's a fucking asshole. He's cringy. Before that was a thing. He's a douchebag. Like, oh, he's so arrogant. And the older I got, the more and more I understood it. And I got it. And once you get it, it's like, and I feel bad for people who like really don't know. Like I feel bad for people who didn't grow up watching a lot of UFC or like, you know, listening to the press conferences and shit like that. Cause you missed out on like a golden era of content before it was like a thing. And, um, man, I watched Chael Sonnen videos. Like he has a YouTube channel now. Um, but man, I watched those videos at least once a day because he uploads like fucking four a day but man he gives great advice on like MMA he has great UFC takes about like fighters and what their next move should be who they who who should they call out who should they fight next what's this guy doing what's the angle on this what should the UFC as a whole do what should Dana White do um he just talks about all kinds of shit right but Uncle Chael is a fucking legend and I'd love to sit down and talk to him for a few hours or an hour if he let me and just pick his brain. I'd love to hear him talk about shit. I'd like to ask him some questions. Um, and I'd like to maybe, you know, get him in a gotcha. You know, I would love to do what no one's ever done and get Chael in a gotcha and catch him slipping because I don't think it's ever been done. Uh, he's too smooth. And uh, yeah, super cool dude. Um, taking a lot of time on the first one. The second one's these ones are obvious. I just think this would be the fu- like this would be the funnest day of my life, and I feel like most of the podcast would just be me laughing or making them laugh. Hopefully, I don't know if I'm that funny. I'm working on it. But Cody Co and Noel Miller, I've recommended them before. Huge inspirations for starting the podcast. Um, yeah, dude, I'd love to fucking talk to those guys, mostly because I've been fans of theirs. Like I've been a fan of Cody uh, Cody Co since Vine. But then after that, I watched his first podcast called The Weekend Chill, where Noel Miller was a guest a couple times. Um, so I'd love the fucking, like I said, even if I got to like sit in their, you know, spaceship for fucking 20 minutes and just like, even if they just roasted the fuck out of me, right? I would fucking love it. I'd be sitting there like a little kid on Christmas, dude, or Hanukkah or, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate, your birthday, whatever right i'd be sitting there so fucking excited just to be there uh next this one uh, another huge inspiration of mine 
uh, Logic. Uh, he's a rapper. Uh, if you don't know who Logic is, I just I don't know what the fuck you're doing. He's been on Rick and Morty. Uh, he's done videos with FaZe Clan. He's a rapper. He had, you know, a huge song about suicide prevention. MTV Awards. If you don't know who Logic is, I just, I don't know. That sucks, bro. I feel bad for you. But I found Logic, like I said, I think in the last episode on... I used to buy double XL uh, rap magazines from Walmart when I go with my mom. And one time I saw this uh, full page spread about Logic as rapper from Maryland. And boom, it was over. Uh, and then me and my friends, uh, my friend Calvin in high school, uh, man, me and him would listen to Logic like every day. We'd memorize his freestyles. Um, we knew all of the mixtapes, the Young Sinatra mixtapes. So many songs people had never heard of that we used to memorize. Um, if you knew me in high school, there's a high percentage chance I was bumping Logic, you know, some point throughout the day. Like, I didn't go a day without listening to, like, Logic, G-Eazy, MGK, and Kendrick, J. Cole. Like, that's my playlist in high school, all those. And Drake. I always leave Drake out, but, yeah. Uh, so I'd love to have Logic on. Um, Logic's one of those artists for me, like, kind of with Machine Gun Kelly. I was following Machine Gun Kelly's career, like, uh, kind of before he even got famous, just like watching his Kelly visions on YouTube. Um, this isn't about MGK. Those about logic. But yeah, same thing with logic, man. I, man, that dude really inspired the shit. I mean, it was like a big reason I wanted to rap in high school. Once I found logic shit, I'm like, damn, so you can be lyrical again, you know, same with like Kendrick, but like, yeah, logic was like in his style. He had like, um, just the way his production was. I'd love to just talk to Logic about his music. And I don't know if he'd want to be a part of that conversation. But yeah, man. I'm just such a huge fan that I'd love to talk about Logic. I I listen to so much shit about like, uh, you know, like how uh, when he, I, I think he dropped out of high school. Or maybe he just didn't go after a certain point. I don't want to mess it up. But um, at a certain point, he was working three jobs. And he would work three jobs and then get off and then make music for like three or four hours, sleep for a few hours and then do it all again. And I remember like he talked about like doing a show at like a Joe's Crab Shack. Just so many little cool stories I'd love to ask him about. I remember watching his music videos and being like 14, 15 years old and being like, that is the coolest shit, you know, playing for fans. These small little shows he was doing probably like they weren't even big shows. Like they had to be super small shows at the time. And I just remember watching that footage just being like, damn. I remember, he, so he's from the DMV area. If you don't know what that is, it's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. That's what they call the DMV because they're all so close to each other. Uh, sorry. And he had this uh, music video in Washington, D.C. And when I was a freshman in high school, my brother lived uh, in Virginia, very close to Washington. And uh, I remember he took me up there during the day and then he took me up there at night. And we took like hundreds of pictures. Uh, there's a bunch of cringy pictures of me. I think my mom, had, he might even still have them. It's a bunch of cringy pictures of a four, like 14-year-old Dave with a buzz cut wearing this DC hoodie that I bought like from a vendor, like a street vendor. <laughs> and um, and man, like the whole time I was just thinking I was Logic. Like I was just thinking of the songs I'd listen to. Like, damn, bro. Like Logic probably walked here. You know, I was such a fucking nerd even back then for hip-hop. Um but yeah, fucking would love to talk to Logic, especially with how his careers evolved. Like, dude's written, like, he wrote concept albums, and that was such a cool thing for me when I was, like, fresh out of high school to listen to The Incredible True Story. 
it's just a whole concept album. Like the whole album is a story within itself. And then, you know, um, you could have whatever opinions you want about logic, by the way, this is obviously my list of who I'd want to talk to, but, uh, you know, he wrote a book called supermarket and then has an album called supermarket that goes along with the book. Um, so many things like in his music are just next level for me. Um, you know, the mixtapes, the Bobby Tarantino shit, like, yeah, just a lot of stuff I took from logic. Uh, was like, you know, how writing a song is like making a film and, you know, things like that. So a huge inspiration. I'd love to talk to him. I know a lot about him. So I'd love to just nerd out uh, about logic for, you know, an hour or two. The next one is a UFC fighter. Uh, probably my favorite fighter. Uh, man, Connor's always going to be up there for me because Connor was like the guy who like not got me into UFC. I was always into UFC as growing up as a kid. But Connor was the guy that like, like he was something special. And love or hate Connor McGregor, that run he went on when he first got it's it's unparalleled. He is the, you know, he's the Michael Jordan of the sport in my opinion. Like Connor took, Connor took MMA and UFC from like casual to like boom. Now everyone, not everyone, but there's a lot of fucking people out there that watch the sport now because of Connor, and they know different fighters because of Connor or. You know, whatever. He just took it into the limelight. He made the most money. He did the biggest things. He did everything first, in my opinion, too. Like, he was the first to get two belts, first to go outside the UFC and box. Now everybody wants to do the same shit. You know, first one to talk shit as much as he did. First one to, I don't know, man, really bring in that, like, bigger-than-life persona and then be able to back it up. Um, It's not Connor. I'd love to talk to Connor, but Connor doesn't do podcasts. If he won't do Joe Rogan, he's never going to come on my shit. But this guy might, um, and this guy is, like I said, either either tied with Conor or barely, like I'm talking barely under Conor McGregor on my list of favorite fighters, and it's Israel Adesanya. Uh, he's currently the middleweight champion of the world, and <laughs> kind of similar, I found Israel uh, on a undercard, I think it was, uh, fuck. It wasn't his first fight. It had to be either after Marvin Vittori or it was probably Derek Brunson when I found Izzy. And I just remember being like, this dude is something special. He's slick. He can throw hands. They don't really take him down. He is a nerd. You know, he talks about anime and shit. You'd see him doing Naruto hand signs before fights. And uh, I just fell in love with him. Izzy is like the coolest fighter next to Connor, in my opinion. They might even be tied. They might be tied for me. I love them both so much. Like... Yeah, like, I find so much inspiration from both of them, and, uh, yeah, Izzy is a super cool dude, I'd love to talk to him just about, like, how it was, like, growing up, coming from, like, uh, I think he's from Nigeria, and then he moved to New Zealand, he kickboxed for years, they called him the Black Dragon, he would fight in, like, China and Thailand and shit, and I just always think that's crazy, bro, because, like, I'm from, uh, I'm from the States, obviously, but, like, I moved around my whole life too, but I don't think moving around in the States really, like, there's culture shocks for sure, like, you know, I'd grow up all year in in Kentucky, and then I'd go visit my dad out in Vegas and California, so, like, all year I'm with, like, country bumpkins, like, not fitting in, and then, like, two, three months a year, I get to go to the city, and I get to go to the West Coast, and I get to fit in and be around, like, you know, hip-hop culture and hair, you know, barbershops and fucking, you know, just shit like that, and, and, like, sneakers and... I don't know, a bunch of, like, different shit, but I don't think anything really compares to, like, oh, you went from Nigeria to fucking, you know, New Zealand, like, what's that culture shock like, you know, and then, you know, I don't know, I wasted a lot of time, I didn't really, uh, 
didn't really hone in on anything. I still haven't. I'm almost 25. So I feel like I haven't got to experience a lot of shit. Like, you know, what I imagine like a fighter would kickboxing in different countries and shit like that and training with people, having like, you know, really good friendships. I got some friends, but it's all spaced out. You know what I mean? I've been on my own for shit probably since I graduated high school, man. A year or two after that. Ever since I moved to, ever since I moved the second time. So, fuck, like 19 years old. So for like five, six years now, just kind of been me and like people I meet along the way. But most of the time I move or they move and then it's back to just Dave, you know. So really like to talk to somebody that has like those deep, you know, this is my team. These are my teammates. These are people I train with. I think that shit's super cool. So Izzy would be on the list for sure. I'd love to talk to him. I love listening to him on Joe Rogan or any other podcast he'll do. Uh, he's super funny. He's quick-witted. He loves anime, or at least he loves Naruto, which is cool with me. But yeah, he loves anime and shit. Uh, so I'd love to talk to him. This next one that made the list, people might not know, because I didn't even know who this was until like six months ago. Um, but it's Brennan Lee Mulligan. Uh, now this dude is on Dimension 20 on YouTube. It's a Dungeons and Dragons... Well, I don't know if it's strictly Dungeons and Dragons, but like that's the uh, that's the vibe of this channel. They're usually playing Dungeons and Dragons or some shit like that. Uh, but he's like a game master. He's a writer for College Humor, I think. And um, this dude's just super interesting. He's super fucking funny. No matter what I see him in, he's hilarious to me. And the more I watch his shit, the more I'm like, I'd love to talk to that guy. Because like I'm a nerd, but like this dude is like a nerd's nerd, you know? And that shit is super cool to me. I think that D&D uh, is super cool. If you never watch Dungeons and Dragons, that sounds nerdy as it is. You're watching people play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I don't know how to play it, and watching that shit sometimes is cool. Like, it's like watching like uh, it's like watching an improv play. You know, people are their storylines, and it evolves each episode. And these episodes are like hours long. So for me, you know, I'd watch it while I play video games, or you know, listen to it while I'm at work, shit like that. But yeah, every time I watch more content from this dude, I'm just like. I'd love to talk to that guy. That'd be fucking hilarious to pick his brain, ask him about shirt and shit. So that's a bit of a weird one. But um, if you never watched it, or if you have any interest in like D&D or just like nerdy shit, check out Dimension 20. They also have this, uh, fuck, what's the game called? There's like a game show. Fuck, I can't remember it off the top. I don't Whoa. <laughs> and I'm not going to look it up. But yeah, I'd love to have him on. That's like a weird one people might not get. Uh, next one, another huge inspiration of mine as far as like trying to be funny and uh, being confident in yourself, things like that. Uh, he's a comedian. It's Theo Vaughn. Uh, he's from uh, Louisiana. And uh, yeah, I found Theo Vaughn through Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, he's got specials on Netflix, or used to anyway. But man, Theo Vaughn was... Uh, also somewhat of an inspiration for starting this podcast because when when I watched his podcast um I kind of took inspiration for my name from his name I don't know if I should say that on here but fuck it it was gonna come out eventually but his podcast is this past weekend and I always liked that and I was like I want something like that so I came up with just last week because I'm always talking about what I did last week uh, you know since I've talked to you guys um but Theo Vaughn is so fucking funny and I'm talking like naturally funny like you know, some comedians have to do setups for their jokes and it's long and then there's a punchline or, uh, you know, they have like a shtick or like a certain charisma. And I don't mind that either. I think all that stuff's funny. But man, Theo Vaughn, like one of my favorite, I don't remember what they were talking about, but dude just goes like, 
fucking Bruce Bannister. And the guy was like, what? He's like, yeah, fucking Carpenter, Bruce Bannister. And, like, that shit's so funny to me. And, like, man, there's times, like, I've seen these compilations of, like, where Theo Vaughn was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Theo Vaughn will say, like, these one, not even one-liners, bro. They're just him saying some shit. And it's funny as fuck, naturally. And Joe Rogan doesn't get it. But, like, everybody in the comments is laughing their ass off. And, yeah, Theo Vaughn is fucking hilarious. Uh, He gets deep on his podcast. Like, there's this video of him talking about why he got sober. Uh, And then there's one talking about, like, his relationship with his father. All kinds of shit. When I watch those, it'll make me emotional. It made me cry a couple times. And uh, I just think he's a very honest dude. I strive to be more like Theo Vaughn with the, like, transparency and being open and comfortable. uh, Because most of the time, I'm not that um, at all. I'm not very open. Um, And I wouldn't say, like, I fucking lie to people all the time. But I'm not very honest. Like, I'll fucking, I'll avoid your fucking question if I don't want to answer it. Like, that type of shit. But it seems like he's always down to just be like, nah, this is what happened. This is me. This is what I went through. But yeah, dude's fucking hilarious, man. Theo Vaughn makes me laugh uh, so much. Um, but yeah, I'd love to just talk to him. I think we would have some funny stories to share back and forth. You know, I'm not from the country, but Kentucky's somewhat country in the Midwest. It's a lot of like, it's like Florida for me. It's a bunch of people who aren't really country who want to be country super bad. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like... Bro, like, Kentucky's not that deep in the South. There's just a bunch of fucking rednecks and hillbillies. Um, Like, Louisiana, that's the South. But You know what I'm saying? Georgia, Alabama. Florida's like, bro, you have the beach. You fucking go out on a boat all the time. Like, you're fucking, like, get the fuck out of here. Don't get me started on this shit. Um, <laughs> I say that because I did it myself. The next few, are, like, the next three are YouTubers. Uh, so if you don't watch a lot of YouTube, I apologize. Uh, the next one is Michael Reeves. If you don't know who Michael Reeves is, this kid is a fucking, he's like a genius who just doesn't give a fuck. Imagine if like, like imagine Elon Musk, like, yeah, imagine if Elon Musk only did like boring company shit, like flamethrowers and like weird, useless inventions. Michael Reeves is, he reminds me a lot of my friend Calvin from high school. And for a while, me and Calvin weren't talking. So like I would do. I would like watch his videos and like feel like I had my friend back because for some reason he remind they they remind me of each other, their personalities and how they act and shit like that. So it was almost like I had, you know, a relationship with my friend when, you know, I fucked up and, you know, my homie didn't want to talk to me. Um, but yeah, Michael Reeves is a fucking genius. He made a, a robot, like a Boston Dynamics robot dog, piss beer. Uh, it's a great video. You should look it up. It's a fucking masterpiece. Uh, super smart dude. Uh, he's been on TMG as well, but he's super fucking funny. I've been watching him for a while and, uh, that's a dude I think is just fucking nutty. And I'd love to just, I'd love to just hear more of his ideas. I'd like to just let him talk and see what comes out of it, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's a guy I'd love to have on the podcast. This other one, even more obscure YouTuber, uh, it's, his name is Jay Williams. He has a, a, a channel called Jay Williams, Let's Live Life. This dude is probably the most gangster white dude I've ever seen on the internet. He did a bunch of time in like prison and jail. And he just kind of talks on his YouTube channel about his life and his stories from prison and his stories from, you know, being out in the streets and, you know, how now, you know, he's a father and he owns his own business and he has employees. And it's just really cool to see somebody who's been through so much trauma and so much bad shit in their life kind of the opposite of glorify it. Like... 
I wouldn't say he like shits on his past life, but he kind of does. He's like, you know, it always do, it always goes bad. That's a big tagline in all his videos. It always goes bad. Um, and I love his like, I just love his outlook on shit. And um, I've kind of met some dudes like him in my real life, like in my personal life, who had like been to jail a lot and been in like a lot of trouble with the law, been to prison, tons of shit like that. And they always somehow have the best advice just because of like, probably because they had so much time to think back on shit. And also for the fact that like they've done, like they've been to more extreme ends of situations than most humans have been. So like their outlook on shit is the most like objectively honest and you know straight like I fucking hate people who beat around the bush I hate people who are like what's that like fake nice to like save face or to like oh I don't want to be rude like motherfucker be rude be honest be truthful get to the fucking point like I like that shit and this dude just speaks from the heart his stories are fucking crazy like the craziest shit I've ever heard um his prison stories are just as fucking wild but even when he just talks about like shit he did like growing up before he was like in jail and he grew up around like Philly uh, and that's like a real, you know, uh, North Virginia, I think too. Um, so yeah, that dude's super cool. A lot of great stories. He's always got the fucking nicest hats too, bro. Like dude has a new fitted or snapback in every fucking video. It's super dope. And I used to collect hats like that when I was growing up in high school. And, uh, yeah, that's another reason I'd love to talk to him about his hats, but yeah, I just love to talk to that dude. And, uh, I don't know, bro. I think it'd be cool if more people found him. That's a big reason. Um, I think more people need to watch his shit. Um, but yeah, super good advice from that guy. And he's honest, you know, he's real. And you could tell too, like, he's just one of those dudes. Like, like he reminds me of my homie, Trevin. Trevin's like this dude, like he's a super nice dude, but you could tell like, if you fucking step over the line, you piss him off. I can see that shit popping off. Uh, you can see that, that, that screw get, you know, turned loose. Like it's tightened up now, but he could loosen it at any time. The next one, another YouTuber, um, Kind of YouTuber slash podcaster, uh, PKA, Painkiller Already, super old YouTube podcast. We know what he's gamertag, FPS Russia, Wings of Redemption. Um, it's a classic. Um, I think a lot of people watch it still. Uh, you've probably seen a clip or two from it on the internet over the years. Uh, super popular. One of the like, like it's one of the early podcasts as well uh, compared to like, you know, I don't know, a lot of old podcasts besides like Joe Rogan and this, maybe Fighter and the Kid, but fuck Brendan Schaub. Um, but yeah, super old podcast. Um, but Taylor, Mirka Durka, uh, that dude, same with Theo Vaughn, makes me laugh in the funniest ways and it's natural. Like he's, they'll have comedians on PKA, like comedians that post their shit on YouTube. They'll have all kinds of people, gamers. They've even had like Chris Hansen and shit. They've had some cool people on there. Not that Chris Hansen's cool. He's a fucking douchebag as well. But yeah, Taylor, Mirka Durka was his old uh, tag. Um, that dude's funny as fuck. And I would also just like to know like what it's like to podcast for that long and be that funny for, you know, that many years and stay relevant. And I just feel like there's a lot to learn from him. Uh, he's also just fucking hilarious and he has great stories. Um he reminds me of, like, me if I went to college a little bit, I guess. Or I see, like, some of myself and him if maybe I would have went to college and, you know, expanded my horizons instead of just being a fucking hard ass. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to talk to him, too. He's up there with Theo Vaughn for me. Dude makes me laugh. He tells the funniest fucking renditions of Bible stories. Like, I'm not religious at all. I went to church of, like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I've been to church before as a kid growing up. It wasn't for me. Didn't like it. Rebelled. Didn't go. Blah, blah, blah. But, man, he tells the funniest Bible stories. They're like abridged versions in his own words of Bible stories. And they're funny as fuck. If you want to laugh your ass off at some shit that you probably shouldn't, just look up uh, Taylor Tells. Um, fuck. I don't know the name. It has to do with the pharaohs and splitting the Red Sea. Is that Joseph? Is that Joseph? Fuck. I don't know. I don't mean to be offensive. If you, like, fuck with the Bible, you're like, this word is called, idiot. I'm sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever it is with, like, the Pharaoh and the Jewish slaves and the guy who saves them with, like, the Ten Plagues, the Ten Commandments, whatever that story is. Fuck, I'm, I'm fucking this up. I'm, sell- I'm not selling this very well. But look it up. Um, just look up Taylor's Bible stories on YouTube and it'll pop up and it's in there and it's fucking hilarious. Like the way he tells the story of all these plagues that come on the Pharaoh of Egypt, it's so fucking funny. It's hilarious. And there's like a whole, I think it's like two hours long of like different Bible stories from over the years. Um, but yeah, that dude's hilarious. I'd love to have him as a guest. Love to talk to him. Uh, it'd be great. Now this next one throwing a curveball, not a YouTuber, but somebody you might not have heard of or or even like be like, oh, who would talk to that guy? Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. He's the lead singer slash guitarist of Green Day. I've been a Green Day fan probably longer than I've been a hip hop fan. Uh, Green Day is like my favorite band of all time. I fucking love Green Day. Um, I grew up listening to Green Day like, dude, probably like before middle school, maybe. Like, I think I had a Green Day CD, and it's just all I would listen to, because my brother was, like, in the early 2000s, like, one of them had it, or, like I said, I said this on an old podcast before, I had this American Idiot, so that's, like, 2004, 2004, 2005-ish, I think, when that album came out, and, uh, man, I had this American Idiot band t-shirt with, like, the tour dates on the back, and I would wear that, like, every fucking chance I'd get, it was my favorite t-shirt growing up. And I just fucking listen to Green... Like, I still listen to Green Day. And, um... Man, the lead singer, Billy Joe, he's just so fucking cool. I've always wanted to talk to that dude. Uh, he grew up in California. They've been fucking playing shows since, like, the late 80s, bro. Like, I think they've been... I think they've been playing shows as a band since, like, 88 or some shit. It's, like, almost 40 years ago, bro. And that blows my fucking mind. Um, but yeah, Green Day is super influential on me growing up. A lot of the songs have like super deep meaning to me. Uh, a lot of the songs I can trace back to a memory. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to that guy. Uh, super cool dude. Maybe the whole band. I'd love to talk to Trey Cool and and um, Mike, I think. Yeah, Mike Dernst. But yeah, I'd love to talk to all three of those guys. Uh, Billy Joe in particular, because I'm sure he wrote most of the songs. But yeah, I'd love to talk to him. And I don't think he gets enough love or respect for like, I don't know, being a musician and like creating in my one of the best albums of all time in my opinion. American Idiot is, uh, it's like I, I used to call it a modern classic growing up because that's how strong I felt about it. And like growing up as like a kid and a teenager, people were like, oh, modern classic. What do you know, motherfucker? Man, ten years later, I'm 24, 25, and I still fucking still feel the same. That album's a fucking classic. Like I recommended it a few episodes ago. It's uh, that album still rings true for American society, and it's fucking great. The whole album's a fucking banger after banger. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to have Billy Joe on. 
Next one, somewhat similar inspiration, different side of the music spectrum. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, whatever you want to call him. Uh, my man's up there with like Logic and MGK. I found, I talked about this before, I think on last week's episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I found Donald Glover before he was Childish Gambino on like a 30-minute comedian special on Comedy Central, and then I remember I went to visit my dad one time, and he bought me like a Kindle Fire when those first came out. I was like, whoa, it's fucking cool, and then I had like gift cards so I could put music on there. I bought an MGK album, I bought a G-Eazy album, and then I bought Camp by Childish Gambino. And Camp is also up there as one of my favorite albums ever. That that album shaped a lot of me growing up in teenage years. Uh, Donald Glover was always like what I would listen to. Childish Camp, you know, uh, was always what I would listen to when I was feeling weird and nerdy. Like I felt like, you know, I wanted to be different and my rap wanted to be different. Because early Childish is so different from what it is now. I feel like a lot of people don't. I feel like a lot of people skipped that album or didn't find them until like because of the internet and 3005 and uh sweatpants and world star like not that that album's not good it's just like camp is camp is so special and so is cul-de-sac which was the mixtape before camp it was like an ep but yeah there's so many childish campino songs that are the same like growing up i listened to him on repeat in high school i'd listen to him on repeat and i can tie back like certain days and how i was feeling based on a single childish campino song or a, a single green day song but, um, yeah, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, super talented dude. He was a writer, comedian, you know, singer, songwriter, producer, crazy motherfucker, like, super talented. Like, one of the most talented dudes all around. Like, he's, like I said, the second Kanye to me. Like, there's Kanye, and then there's Childish Gambino. Like, they are so close. Uh, yeah. And the last one, um... Actually, I'm going to skip that one. That breaks my rule. Crossing it out. You'll never know. Mystery. Figure it out. If somebody guesses it, I'll tell you you got it right or not. Um, but yeah. And uh, so this next uh, segment kind of ran out of that quickly after the mystery. Yeah, fuck you guys. Figure it out. Fucking, I'm not telling you because I broke. it breaks myself rule. All right. I'm going to try to do this spoiler free because uh, a good friend of mine refuses to see the Batman until I watch The Lighthouse um, so fair enough. I'll be watching that this weekend to make you go watch the Batman because it's fucking amazing. <sighs> yeah, man, this Coke Starlight, it's weird. The warmer it gets, the worse it tastes. So there's another part of the review for you. All right, I'm going to try to do this spoiler free, which I think I can do because I'm not a dick. Um, all right, I've said this before. And I'll say it again. I said it about Spider-Man. I said it about the Super Bowl halftime show. And I'll say it about the Dark Knight. Nostalgia does not equal greatness. Just because something is fond in your memory and you, you remember liking it or it was really good at the time does not mean that it's the greatest thing ever and it doesn't mean that it's great forever. All right? I said it once and I'll say it again. And I'll keep doing this. The more this comes up, I'll be the guy. I'll be the nostalgia killer. I'll fucking smack the shit out of it. I will take... You know how Hulk picked up Loki in the first Avengers and just fucking whipped that motherfucker around? That's what I do to nostalgia. That's what I do to your nostalgic memories, okay? That's what I'm here for, all right? And I gotta do it again. And this is tough for me because I like this movie, right? But all fucking week, 
all fucking week. I go online. I go on Twitter. I go on Facebook. I go on YouTube. I go on fucking, I don't know, Snapchat. I don't think I saw it on Snapchat. Anyways, I go on any, you know, social media site, Reddit, whatever, right? You got Dark Knight fanboys. Just like somebody opened up the fucking skies and just dumped Dark Knight fanboys all over the internet. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Batman was good, but it's not as good as the Dark Knight. You remember you remember the Joker? You remember why it's so serious? That shit was cool, wasn't it? It was nice, right? Best movie ever. There's people who legit think that is the best movie ever made. And to those people, you're a moron. You're a fucking idiot, okay? It doesn't even crack the top ten if we're talking, like, movies of all time. All time, Scorsese, Kubrick running out of directors Howard Hughes that's super old nobody probably gets that one fuck dude even some 80s movies by fucking the Brat Pack who directed those John Hughes bro some of those movies are better than The Dark Knight you know what I'm saying so I just had to say it bro it's the Batman is a better Batman movie film 100%. It slaps the shit out of the Dark Knight. Now, here's my problem. The Dark Knight Defenders are, like, parallel to the Sam Raimi trilogy people that came out of the woodwork. Like, oh, Tom Holland's good, but fucking, you remember when Spider-Man stopped that fucking subway with his arms out? And he stopped that fucking subway train? That was fucking way cooler, bro. It was fucking way cooler. Remember when he fought Doc Ock with 2000's fucking CG? That shit was way cooler, bro. He threw a fucking sun into the river. You remember when he fought the Green Goblin, bro? And he fucking dodged that shit and stabbed William Defoe in the stomach? It's way fucking cooler, bro. You know what? If we're being honest, it, I think I looked into this because I'm a nerd. It's called power scaling where people will like, they'll take things from either anime or fiction and they will use like real world mouth, mouth, real world math and calculations to figure out how much like power is involved. Tom Holland in the first Spider-Man Homecoming pulling together that uh, ferry that was sinking in the river that was split in half. Him holding that was way more force than that fucking subway train, all right? So fuck you. Next point. (laughs) Nostalgia doesn't equal greatness, right? The Dark Knight is not bad by any means. If we're going comparison to comparison here, the Dark Knight absolutely shits all over all three Spider-Man movies from Sam Raimi. It... It is not even a question or a competition. So I guess the Dark Knight fanboys are higher on the list than the Sam Raimi people. Sam Raimi people are legit just like, I remember that from when I was a kid, so it's better. If you ask them why, because it's what I grew up with. Why is it better? Because it's what I remember. It's the one I like the most. Well, why? Because I do. They have no argument. I fucking hate. And they don't know anything about Spider-Man either. Like, he's a fucking dork. When he's Spider-Man. He's not supposed to be a dork. He's supposed to... Like, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was way better. Because he's, like, quippy. And he's confident. And he's, like, cool. And, like, the body language. Like, that's how he's supposed to be. Because nobody knows who he is. So he gets to be who he wants to be. Tobey Maguire is a fucking dork. Through and through. He's a fucking dork. The entire movie. Whether he's Spider-Man or fucking Pizza Time. And I want to point that out with the Sam Raimi shit. Only people like those movies because of the fucking stupid memes that came 12 years later after those movies were fucking over with. So, out of here. You're fucking fired, alright? So the Dark Knight fanboys have a little bit more ground to stand on, right? Well, let's be honest here. Let's call a spade a spade. 
The Dark Knight isn't a Batman movie. It's a fucking villain movie. It's about the Joker and origin of Two-Face. The opening of The Dark Knight is the Joker. You know, everybody remembers it. He robs the bank, takes his mask off. Big surprise, it's the Joker. He's doing Joker shit, you know? Hey, what's up, S.A.? I'm gonna get this fucking money from this bank, fool. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger, fool. Hops in that bus, he dips out. I don't know why fucking the Joker is a fucking cholo. I just (laughs) felt like doing that, alright? But, like, even the opening scene... We get no Batman. For like three quarters of the movie, we get no Batman. We get Batman in Hong Kong doing barely Batman shit. We get Batman driving around in the Batmobile. So cool. Super cool. That's what we want. Batman in a fast car, right? It gets everybody off. Most of that movie is is the Joker, right? Now, the other point is that you could compare when The Dark Knight came out to when this Batman came out. When Christopher Nolan's trilogy came out, it was redefining Batman... In a in an era without a Batman, it had been like, you know, 10, 15 years since like George Clooney and Val Kilmer, bleh, uh, disgusting, were the Batmen, right? That was the last time we had a Batman. George Clooney, Val Kilmer, gross. They're both disgusting. So they were like, let's do a Batman and let's do it different. Now, I'll give Christopher Nolan some credit. He read ba- uh, Baby's first Batman story. He read The Long Halloween, uh, you know. He read, uh, I think that's really it. Like, he really steals a lot of shit just from the long Halloween. Um, but yeah, he read, like, a few basic Batman novels, and, uh, that was it. And he, you know, he made a movie out of it. What I'd argue in those movies is, like, it's just like this. They had, they had to reintroduce Batman to people in a different era of Batman. So they weren't trying to sell toys like the 90s. It wasn't like the 80s where they could just do whatever because like it was the 80s. So like let's just make a Batman movie. Nobody cares. They had comic book nerds that are like, man, I wish we had a better Batman movie. They had like film nerds that were like, man, we have so much better CGI and fucking costume design and all kinds of shit. Like better cameras, 4K. We should make a better Batman movie. So Christopher Nolan did that in Christopher Nolan fashion. And the trilogy is pretty good. It's a pretty good trilogy, right? Here's the point though. When you watch The Dark Knight, I would venture to bet, I'll bet $100 on it, right? 90% of you watch that movie for Heath Ledger. You don't watch it for Christian Bale. You fucking don't. And if you do, I think you're a liar. Because like every scene Heath Ledger's in in that movie, he steals the show. It's not a Batman movie. It's a Joker movie. And then Two-Face comes in at the end, you know? It's like, I don't know. Their point is that, like, oh, well, The Dark Knight is a better film. ASMR with the page turning. I don't know about that. And I'm not going to spoil the Batman, because I know, like I said, Close From Eye hasn't seen it yet. I know some of you might be like, gas is fucking 430. I'm not going to watch a fucking movie when it's going to cost me two tickets to get there and back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay? But here's what I'm going to say. The Batman with Robert Pattinson redefines superhero, air quote, movies, in my opinion. This is a film. This is a noir detective film that's Batman in it. And you know who the opening of the film is? Fuck. Alright, no spoilers. I'm not gonna say (laughs) it's Batman. I'm just kidding. It's not Batman. But anyways, most of the beginning is Batman. And there's way more Batman than even Bruce Wayne. Not, not, Not Bruce Wayne. You know, not the Riddler. Not the love interest. Most of the movie is Batman. 
doing Batman shit, right? And here's what I'd argue. The way that Heath Ledger steals the show, you get those vibes from Paul Dano's Riddler. When he gets into it, you're like, holy shit, this guy's fucking amazing. But he has a fucking mask on. So it's just as much as like, damn, you're really just focused on the Batman because you don't know who that guy is. He's just a guy in a mask, right? But a lot of people watch The Dark Knight and it's just, oh, the Joker's in here. You remember the Joker? He's fucking good, bro. Why so serious? You want to know how he got these scars? Fucking, god damn it. Yeah, I just want to point out, a lot of people are comparing a second film in a trilogy to the first film in a new world-building atmosphere. So they're taking, like, you already have... And Batman Begins is not nothing to shit on. It's a good movie. But you have so much, like... So much good came from Batman Begins that, like, they almost had to top it with The Dark Knight. So you're using, like... It's like an unfair argument. In, like, you're taking a second movie that had even more budget, even more buzz around it because people liked the first one, higher expectations, a better cast, a better story, and you're putting it against a introductory film that is setting up an entirely new franchise. It has to build its own world. It has to establish its own characters. We've never seen any of these characters interact. We've never even seen these characters be these characters. Like, this is the first time you get to see Batman do Batman shit. Like, Christian Bale's Batman just beats up bad guys and uses fucking gadgets, okay? That's it. In this movie, Batman solves crimes. He solves crimes better than the police. That's not a spoiler. He's the fucking world's greatest detective. He does shit better than the police. And you get to see him work with the police, not just on a roof with one fucking guy. It's a better story. It's taken from better comics. It has better cinematic shots, in my opinion. Christopher Nolan's a great guy. He's a fucking great director, whatever you want to say. Fucking... Ah, uh, fuck, I forgot his name. Matt Reeves, who made this, just made Dune, and a bunch of other good movies. He's no, he's no fucking chump either, you know what I'm saying? I'd argue that the cinematography in this trumps fucking The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, you get wide shots of Chicago. This Gotham, like, I, I think I said this before, it has, like, co- cobblestone driveways and shit that's, like, not driveways, like, roads that are, like, only in Europe. That shit's not in America. We have blacktop, Okay. We got railroads. They got old fucking roads with like rocks fucking smushed together, okay? They took like four or five different cities. Some of it's CGI'd. It feels like its own place. It doesn't just feel like Chicago and New York. Like, oh, that's Chicago. That's New York. Cool. No, this is world building. This is completely different. I'm just saying. I'm not going to ruin it. Everybody saw it in the trailer. There's a chase scene. The chase scene in The Batman is way better than the fucking chase scene in The Dark Knight. In The Dark Knight, it's more of like a, I guess it's like a pursuit scene. Like, the Joker's pursuing Harvey Dent, and the Batman is pursuing the Joker who's pursuing Harvey Dent. It's a giant pursuit scene. That shit's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty good. The chase scene, though, in The Batman is like, it's adrenaline-inducing. In, like, you really want to fucking see what happens. You really want to know how fast is that Batmobile going. You really want to know... How's he feeling? How's he how's he doing this? What's like what's gonna happen here? In the other one, you're like, yeah, Batman's gonna catch him. He's in a fucking tank, right? This is a little different in this one. And I just want to point out that the same thing is like I don't wanna be mean, but if Heath Ledger didn't die, I don't know if like I don't know if that movie gets the same amount of praise. I think a lot of it is that like once people saw that and then realized that was gone forever, it was like, man, that's the best Joker performance ever. 
arguable. I, I haven't even watched the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix yet. Judge me. Uh, because um, I read something online and it made me not want to watch the movie. Um, but it's more about like the writing than like anything political or something like that. Um, I just read this thing about the Joker of Joaquin Phoenix that like says some of it or that it might just be all a dream that none of it happened. And if you do that as a writer, I fucking, I hate you. I don't want to watch that shit now. Cause it's, a, it's lazy writing to be like, Oh, it might've just been all a dream. Cool, bro. This isn't 1995. That premise is overused. It's annoying. Write a story or don't write a story. Don't give me this. Oh, it was just a dream. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I'm getting off track. My point is that just because Heath Ledger was a really good Joker and he stole the scene the entire movie and because no one had ever seen uh, a Joker that chaotic and that kind of true to comics, like that Joker is a fucking psychopath. He's fucking crazy. And that's what the Joker is. So when you see those two interact, it's iconic. Like the interrogation scene from The Dark Knight, it's great. But at the same time, you're comparing that to a movie that is kind of like... You had Ben Affleck fuck up Batman with Batman vs. Superman. That movie sucks ass. So to have... And then there was so much like negative, like, oh, the fucking vampire guy's gonna play Batman. From all these fucking retards that fucking never watch anything. And they just go, oh, the fucking vampire guy. Anyways... The amount of stuff that the Batman had to overcome, the long delays, trying to trying to basically come out of Christopher Nolan's shadow, I think is more I'm always gonna root for the underdog, you know what I'm saying? It has better like it has better strengths, and in my opinion, it's the better Batman movie. So we can argue about films all day long. None of these films hold a candle to like fucking Raging Bull or 2001 Space Odyssey or Clockwork Orange or fucking even the Matrix, I guess. Like, the Matrix is more groundbreaking and, you know, crazy of a movie. You know? Shit like that. These movies don't hold candles to that shit. They're in a different world. It's like Martin Scorsese said, which my buddy reminded me of this quote. Um, when you go to watch a fucking Marvel movie, it's like going to the theme park. It's like going to Six Flags. It's not a film. It's a fucking experience. It's a, it's a fun ride. You know? The Batman movie felt like a noir detective film. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh... Probably next week I'm going to do a deep dive or a week or two. I'll give people more time. But I'm going to definitely break that movie down because it's that fucking good. But yeah, if you're a fucking Dark Knight fanboy, relax. Just fucking relax. And it, Or if you're a Dark Knight fanboy, at least admit to me that you like that movie because of the Joker. You don't like it because of Batman. Because no offense, Dark Knight Rises is a Batman movie that's more focused on Bane again. Those movies are centered around Batman's rogues gallery. It's not like Batman and the villains. It's like, here's the villains, and then Batman's on the side. The main course of those movies is the villains, and you people eat that shit up. I want to see Batman do Batman shit, okay? I want the fucking villain to be the supporting cast. A Batman is the guy I'm interested in. But I've been going on a rant for a fucking while. Oh, shit, we're already over an hour. Already over an hour, and I didn't know it. We didn't even get into the weekly recommendation. Fuck, what are we going to do, guys? What are we gonna do? Um, that last part was kind of rambling. It was just me being mad about people on the internet. But yeah, bro, I really hate this whole like, oh, that movie came out in two thousand eight, and I was fucking ten years old, and that's my Batman. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. You can always have room for improvement, and if you can't, your scale's broken. Just remember that. If you can't find something else, like if you can't find the next evolution of something you love, your scale's broken, one hundred percent. And I know everybody's got that thing. And that they're just like, no, this will never be better than that. That's cool, but at least have actual reasons. A lot of these people don't have actual reasons. Or their reasons aren't even, like, what the 
point should be about. If your favorite point, or if your favorite part of a Batman movie is the villain, it's not a good Batman movie. It's a good villain movie. So that's where I'm going to end it. I've been rambling on that. Um, oh, man, I'm out of breath. Out of breath. I always get out of breath on those rants, you know? Oh, fucking crazy. It's crazy, you know? Um, this week's weekly recommendation is music. I'll give you guys some hot tunes to listen to. You probably already listened to them. Um, man, this is like a dumb recommendation. It's more of like a, this is more like a weekly appreciation recommendation. I recommend that you go appreciate Ed Sheeran. Uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, dropped his first album in like 2011, I think. It was like right when I got into high school and I was obsessed with Ed Sheeran even then. Me and my buddy, uh, who won't go see the Batman until I watch the lighthouse could have went to see Ed Sheeran. I still remember this. It was like this pseudo... It was like this pseudo invite I got after the fact that we both like didn't jump on. Like he didn't jump on it and then didn't invite me. And then I just like wasn't, we weren't like super tight yet. Um, we were like just like hanging out. I was like just getting close. Kind of like that weird intermediate part of the friendship where like you guys really like each other, but you're not, you haven't broken down those barriers yet. But anyways, I could have went to see Ed Sheeran with my buddy and he could have invited me. Something like that. I still remember this in my head because we were like, we still talk about it sometimes. We're like, fuck, bro. We could have went. We could have saw Ed Sheeran before his prime, dude. And yeah, so I was at work last night and I was listening to, I was listening to something. I think it was Breakins. I was singing something and I was like, man, fucking, what was that old Ed Sheeran song? And I looked up some old Ed Sheeran song. And then, bro, I went to a Spotify profile. That dude's got great albums. So plus X divide those are like the signs like actual math signs um, excuse me and i went from his first album in 2011 to the one that came out in 2014 to the one that came out in 2017 and i listened to most of those three albums while i was at work last night i just remember how many fucking bangers ed sheeran has and i remember like how much like i'm always been a softie right I'm always like a hopeless romantic. I like listening to like love songs growing up, but you always hear them from like female perspectives. So like when Ed Sheeran came out and like One Direction was popping, I'm like, finally some, you know, some fucking sappy shit from a dude's perspective. I can sing along and relate to this. That's how I feel about a girl. That's how I feel about a girl I really like. You know, that's how I feel about my last relationship that ended. This is how I feel about me wanting to be fucked up all the time. And Ed Sheeran gave me a lot of shit like that, where I could be sad, or I could be, oh, I want to be fucked up right now, or, oh, wow, like, this is just a fun party song. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, like, I can, I don't know if I'd say I can sing. I could probably, I could probably work my way through a karaoke performance or two. Um, but singing along to Ed Sheeran growing up really helped me, like, develop my singing and, like, my range and understanding what vocal steps were and how to hit a note. Um, but yeah, it's a weekly recommendation to go appreciate Ed Sheeran and his discography. Uh, so much good shit. Um, there's also a song on, on the X album. Uh, it's called Take It Back. And Ed Sheeran does some like, you know, British white guy raps with a guitar and it's fucking sick. Like he's got bars. I still remember, like I, I was almost impressed with how well I could still rap that song. Um, cause he's got fucking bars, dude. There's also this other Ed Sheeran performance. This will be a bonus recommendation. Um, it's Ed Sheeran live at the Red Room or Red Room Sessions, something like that. If you look it up, uh, you need me, I don't need you, Red Room, something like that. It is Ed Sheeran by himself with a guitar in this, uh, recording studio. And it's like nine minutes long. And everything you hear Ed Sheeran does with his guitar and like foot loops, like foot pedals on the ground. 
it's one of my favorite music videos, uh, music pieces I've ever heard. I listen to it like at least three or four times a year. It's fucking amazing. So yeah, go check out Ed Sheeran. Super sound, super talented dude. For me, it goes like Justin Timberlake, Ed Sheeran. They're like neck and neck. Those are my two, you know, male uh, singers of my generation. I listened to Justin Timberlake growing up. Then I listened to Ed Sheeran. It was like the next evolution for me. Um, so yeah, shout out Ed Sheeran. Go check him out. If you if you've never heard of Ed Sheeran, I'm gonna assume you're like nine years old and you shouldn't be listening to this shit anyway, or you've lived under a fucking rock since I was in high school. Uh, but yeah, if you do know Ed Sheeran, go listen to that shit, because you know you like some Ed Sheeran, you know you fucking used to sing that shit when it was on the radio, you know you get down to it, you know you like that ginger fucking Englishman singing you songs, so go check it out again, put put that shit on in traffic, let people know you're singing it, that's what I do, as always, it's the end of the episode, so you know I gotta do it, uh, like us on Spotify, we're close, 18 people follow us, I want 20 followers by the end of next month. I just issued an ultimatum. And if you don't give me 20 followers, I'll fucking issue another one. So get two people to follow get two people to follow this uh podcast on Spotify so we can get to 20 20 followers cuz I like round numbers even though 18's a round number. Fuck. I like double digit fuck this is a double digit number. I like I like numbers in the 20s for now. So get us to 20 followers. Please, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Like this episode if you liked it. Rate the show on Spotify out of five stars. Give us a one star, give us a five star, give us a three star. Whatever you think it's worth. Um, Yeah, Um, I'm still working on getting everything on YouTube. I've made all the videos. I just have to post them and render them and it takes forever on YouTube. But yeah, follow us on YouTube as well. Share this podcast with somebody. Tell them, hey, my buddy yelled at a bunch of Dark Knight fans and he said who'd won on this podcast. You know, he he talks about Duncan and Coca-Cola. You like any of those things? Well, listen to this hour and 10-minute episode. Wow, it's the longest episode, I think, ever. Shout out to us. Fuck yeah, boys. Um, and, and females, boys and girls. That sounds weird. Hell yeah, boys. We're just going with boys, you know? That's that's what everybody does. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, if you know me, hit me up personally. Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube. Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube. Cell phone is what I meant. Um, if you don't know me and you're one of those listeners, uh, from Lithuania or Toronto slash Markham, uh, hit us up just last week podcast at gmail.com. Or if you know me and you don't want me to know it's you make a fake Gmail, give me a, give me a YouTube or God damn, I keep saying YouTube, give me a Gmail with a story, a question, a comment, concern, or a riddle. Tell me what you'd like to hear on the next episode. Tell me what you thought about this episode. Just last week podcast at gmail.com. All one word. And, um, yeah, as always, I appreciate it. Share this, like it, don't share it, don't like it, do whatever you want. Hopefully I see you next week. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Uh, goodbye.